319. Right. Right before that. Steph maybe. Right after 317. There's one for you. That's my card. Oh, now we got to have a punch. We got to have a punch card. Look at this. Oh, it's a man card. Punch card. Get that back. She also. The big ones stay here. She made small ones for you guys to carry as a permanent reminder. Oh, wow. So when are you going to punch Mike's card? Yeah. Mike and Mike. That, that would be grandfather in it. So there's not... rules. There are certain this things that give you a strike. This revoked only at any time for behavior that is unmanly. Un <laughs> you guys are going to lose your cards. Uh, I can already see it quickly. I'm going to lose mine pretty fast. No, actually, you'll like this. So we were going through the rules this stuff made, and she was trying to, like, take take something away from each of us, and we discovered that you, Ron, are the most manly one in the entire group as far as the rules. So I you would care. Well, see, there is a first for everything. Sorry. Explain to the rest of us why. Yeah, I will let Steph do that. Okay. So. Okay, Steph. You know, that's too complimentary. You're the least likely that to have a revoke. That is too compliment she has gave me in a week. He's the least <laughs> likely to have his revoke. According to the rules that she established, yes. <laughs> Turning down. Yes. Well, I, I, I like shopping. I so. have questions. Uh, you, you, you got two marks against you, Mike. Yeah. Already. Shopping and pedicures both. Yeah. Wearing Speedos. Uh, and wearing Speedos is Mike, too. And you got <laughs> three? <Yeah>. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She was probably she was probably just on your Facebook page when she did these rules though. <laughs> no, I won't turn down coffee. With umbrellas too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, your main car's gone. <laughs> Hanging all that's what I was gonna ask. Punch. Uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Is like, <laughs> hey, my, can hey, my, you get my, two you taken away? Day is day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you get two of these taken away at a time? <laughs>
two compliments from her in a week. But the first one Cha-ching. was what, what the, well, the first one. The first one was an accident, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, I don't know. Don't know. Gotta take, <laughs> take what you can get, right? Yeah. Mike, in your nighttime radio voice, can you read our Bible verse for us? <laughs> sure. We're gonna go with Daniel 3, verse 18. I'll read from the ESV version. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Our topic this week is even if. So. Should our our topic be. Should our topic be if not now? If not. Because. You kind of ruined it with your Bible translation you picked there. Hey, I'm just reading what was wrote there. Oh, you know, very disappointed. <laughs> very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but even if he does not, <laughs> My, what translation are you on? ESV. ESV. See, it's not on the ESV. Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. Why? What are you on? But um, if not, same difference. Even if, but if not, oh. that's in a like, says, but even if he does not, <laughs> even if it's still in there, even if still there, even if it's not there, it's still there. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> even if it's not there, we're going to put it there. I'll tell you what, Evidently. this thing has gone off the rails already. We're five uh-huh. seconds into the cast here. I think we're doing fine. You think? Yeah. I think so. I'm sorry. Have we met? Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it went off the rail, I still have my man card there. You still got your man (laughs) card. Only for now. You can swerve every now and again, Mike, just as long as you stay on the straight path. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. (laughs) This is to put you back on a straight path. My path looks like big S curves. That's what my path looks like. (laughs) That's how off the rail I get most of the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know why? Because I'm broke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Yep. So if there's a little curve in it, you're fine. We'll we'll kick you back straight. All right, I got the right tires on. I'm going for the curve. Here we go. There you go. Mine looks like that uh, dragon's run in North Carolina or South Carolina. (laughs) That's a rough road. Yep. That kind of you know that that's that actually is a good analogy of uh, a man's walk because if you'll look at them trees as you go down through there, there's some of them trees has got bike parts buried in the trees. Mm Oh yeah, you know, and so car parts, I mean, and, and car parts, and I mean, and some of them guys on them, uh, <clears throat> on them what we call cross rockets, sport bikes, they uh, they try to go down through there, hundred mile an hour, and and navigate them curves. Mm-hmm. You know, it don't work. <laughs> you can only navigate so so sharp a curve at hundred mile an hour. I don't care how much you lay that bike down, how much you skid it on the ground and go around it, it's going to let loose somewhere. Kind of way the Christian walk is, you know. That's a great analogy. We try, we try to lay them bikes down enough to where we can navigate them curves, but it don't navigate. Yep. It goes right off the rail, no, just we, right off the right off the and head on into a tree. And we try to do things our way too. Mm-hmm. Ignore the rules and go headlong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I apologize, Ronnie. <clears throat> Back to you. <laughs> well, that's fun. <laughs> 
I was going to hand over reins to Vintage Mike because no, he said he didn't have anything to say tonight. I don't. So I was like, Mike, you said that it. three weeks in a row, bro. Well, are you keeping count on everything I do? <laughs> you got how many man card punches I need? You, I, 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 well, three that's, weeks that's, in a row. To be fair, that's I in black that was and the white. part of holding accountability, right? Yeah, that's right. Not actually counting, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My memory's just a little better. That's that, word, that word's in there. Yeah. Well, that's true. Let's check tape. We <laughs> can do that too. Yes, we can check tape. Even if. Even if. There we go. Thank you, Ronnie. Reeling us back in. Sorry. That's all right. I'm used to. I'm telling you guys, there ain't no reeling y'all back in. Once you get out there, you got to swing back around. You got to let it hit and bring you back. We got to go all the way out and forward. All the no, way out and back. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, he's he's holding his mouth real tight, not wanting to say thing anything. Thing he's drawing blood by waiting that tongue. <laughs> just just sitting here taking it all in. I've been guilty of losing faith a little bit when something is impactful and it doesn't happen or get done the way I perceive it. And then it's, you got to remember, it's the even if. Mm-hmm. It's not, even if he still could have. It's not that he can and he won't. Or he could and didn't because like a sermon I heard recently, it's not a little genie in the bottle mm-hmm. that you rub and you get three wishes. Yep. Yeah, because one thing you can you can't contain that infinite God in that little bottle anyway. That's right. Mm-mm. Nor can you demand something of Him like that. Nope. Yeah. And sometimes we get so self-centered. For us, it's like, okay, we just weathered the storm since we're talking about boats and orbits and navigation. Once we get past that storm, then we're like, something, it happened for a reason for me. But it might not even happen for us at all right like we weather the storm true but it's not like we were the main yacht or tugboat that maybe that storm was there that storm was just there and we were just there but we're so centered on us we're not thinking about the waves that go out and touch the other rowboats and whatever else. And we get hung up on that a lot. At least I do. Mm -hmm. I can't say everybody at this table. Now, can we learn something from those storms, even if we're not the center of the storm or the reason why the storm's happening in the first place? Absolutely. Because everybody's had sickness 
Everybody's lost a job. Insert excuse here. It's like, please don't do this. Even if it doesn't work out your way, he is still good. This topic came up. I'm going to talk now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this topic came up, and once again, it reminded me of growing up. And I don't, I don't know exactly how to say this. How, how do I say this? Um, how do I say this? Because... Just say it. I'm trying to figure out how the even if side comes in, you know, because growing up, would I be who I, <clears throat> who I am? Man, I'm going to have to think about this. Sorry. We'll be back for part two of Ron's statement later. Yeah. <laughs> let me read. I had it. And then I sat here too long thinking about it and I forgot where I was going with it. Hey, here. I seen a man do that yesterday. Behind the pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a thought. And because I, I didn't want to be rude and chime in, I lost it. I'd so be I a first. Re- I got to reevaluate. <laughs> when did that start? <laughs> got to reevaluate. Wait, is that like a written rule or is that just. No, it's not on here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not man related. Okay. <laughs> You're allowed to interrupt. Thank you, Lord. Real men do. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm joking. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Bob, Carl, chime in. No? I can chime in if you want me to. I'm going to tell a story from yesterday. At least it's not a soccer story. Go ahead. It's a true story. My soccer stories are very good. (laughs) They are very good. I got to give him that one. Maybe. Pipe down over there. You pipe down over there, Mike. (laughs) Yesterday... It was a Yesterday, the preacher went long on the first service. Went an hour and 10 minutes on the first service. But I think if he hadn't went long on that first service, would that one guy got what he needed out of it? If he would have stopped the sermon when he should have stopped the sermon. But he didn't. He was compelled to go on and finish that what he had down, what he was actually going to talk about, which he had probably three sermons in one, if you really want to get technical about it. But then the second service, he felt compelled to stop right after he talked about King Manasseh. But first, before that happened, God had to get him out of the way because he was trying, he was trying to do, he was trying to navigate it on his own because he wanted to try to read what was on the screen instead of having his Bible in his hand like he had before. It just seems like it, it, it seems like that that guy is more spiritual bound or more connected to the Holy Spirit when he's got the, when he's got the Word of God sitting in his hand looking at it like that instead of on a screen. So, you know, and then the second, the second service didn't go as long. And he bumbled it, but yet 
the Holy Spirit took over when he needed to take over. And he allowed that second person to come to him because she got what she needed out of him. The best part about that, the best part about that is, is it was a mom and dad of the daughter who had died a year ago from an overdose on fentanyl. But they're not sure. Well, it, it was, she, she had some incriminating marks and everything on her too through the autopsy that proved that she had been beat on before she got fent before she OD'd. So, but anyway, the, the, <laughs> the, the amazing thing about it is, is the mom and dad was fighting the same battle on the same thing to forgive them people that done that to her. Two different services. Two different links. Two different links. Two different everything. They didn't even know each other was there. That's that's what's phenomenal. Because he'd already left before she showed up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if, there you go, even if. If I would have stopped early in the first service, would he have got what he needed? Maybe not. Or if I'd have went long in the second service, would she have got what she needed? Probably not. Maybe so. I don't know. It just, it just, uh, it was definitely God working yesterday. And even if they didn't give their life, yes, yesterday as of the time of this recording. Yes, <laughs> even if. He would have still worked. Actually, yes, because he was working on their hearts. Mm -hmm. That highlights where my heart with this is, because it's it's a reference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And um, when they refused to worship the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, uh, the scripture reference, I mean, and uh, they get cast into the fire. And we love that story because of the miracle that comes on the other end of it, where the fire doesn't burn them, you know, uh, in all likelihood, the pre-incarnate Jesus is in the fire with them. Uh, it's a really cool story. He doesn't always save us from the fire, though. Right. Okay? Even when we've done nothing wrong, he doesn't always save us from the fire, but there's always purpose in it. Um, you mentioned the the woman that had died of an, of an overdose, and I have to wonder, would, would those two individuals have been in that place ready to receive him as their everything had they not walked through that flame? I'm sure that they would have preferred circumstances to be different. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't want to dive, dive into the weeds on... on no, no, on, I know what you're saying, but to, to answer your question, probably not. You don't think so? No. Okay. And that, that highlights what I mean. In that moment of tragedy, we're so tempted to ask, why are you allowing this? We don't see the whole picture, though, right? We don't right. see what he's leading us to. And even when, like you mentioned, Ronnie, the storm doesn't seem to be centered around us, he approaches every individual personally. No matter no matter who we think the, the, the focal point of the storm is on, he's approaching every person individually, and very often the way he approaches us is to do something called desolate us. Mm-hmm. And, and we think of desolation as like the purview of Satan because we look at Job and how Job was desolated, but the truth is Satan didn't desolate Job. Satan was just a tool. God did. God pointed Job out, 
And God gave Satan specific parameters for what Satan was allowed to do and the approval to do it. God did that. God did that. And I think very often, if not always, the reason he will desolate us is to strip us of everything that leads us away from him so that we can recognize, we can come to that decision point. Are we going to choose him as our everything or are we going to choose the things that we try to fill our heart with? Because yeah. yeah. we do have a choice and many people will choose to chase after things. They'll, they'll be driven off into darkness and they'll chase after things. But the goal of the desolation is to get us to pursue him. Um, we, th- we talk about Elijah a lot specifically when he got to that point where he wanted to die. Um, it's a very popular meme to say that Elijah was suicidal, but that's kind of putting words in, in Elijah's mouth. He doesn't say, I want to kill myself. He says, I want to die. He never, he never removes God's sovereignty. He's asking God to allow him to die is what he's doing. Yes. It's not necessarily suicidal. That's a different thing. He wanted to die in that moment, and he's asking God for permission to. And there's two aspects of that story that we focus on. We focus on him at the terebinth tree, when God sends an angel to, to give him food from heaven. And then we focus on later when he's at Mount Oreb to, to experience the earthquake, to see the whirlwind, and to hear God's voice. What we tend to skip over, though, is the 40-day journey in between. And I think that's the most important part. We don't focus on that because there's nothing particularly miraculous about it. But the angel tells Elijah to eat the food and drink the water because the journey was going to be so terrible and so bad that he didn't have the human strength to survive the journey on his own. That's what he's told. So in response, Elijah says, I can't do this anymore. I don't even want to live. In response, God says, I'm not taking this from you. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to give you the strength that you need, but I'm going to lead you on a journey that's really rough, really rough. And I think it was that 40-day journey that prepared Elijah to hear the voice and receive the lesson. If he had gone straight from the terebinth tree to Mount Oreb the next day, I don't know that it would have sunk in. I think it was the 40 days of, 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 of being desolated in his heart that prepared him to really receive God as his everything. And I think that 40-day journey represents very often the storm he allows us to walk through to get us to that place where we're ready to receive him for who he truly is to us. Just mm-hmm. You kind of, kind of thinking about that as you was, uh, <clears throat> as you was explaining that. You know, God knew that that journey was going to be hard, and the angel told him to eat and drink because it was going to be hard. But during that forty, for that forty day journey, you know, he probably still, by the time the end of that forty days come, he was probably really tired. He was wore out. He was probably hungry again. He was probably thirsty again. So that mean that meant that uh, he was actually in need. Yeah. So when you're in need, and you really, truly are in need, and and humbled yourself in trying to talk to God, that's when you're going to hear Him the most. Yeah. You know what I think? I think I think because there's no indication that 40 day journey fascinates me, um, and and I'll, I was one that always skipped over it. Because really recently I really noticed that I'm like, wait a minute, there was 40 days. 40 days of a grueling journey between the terebinth tree and Mount Oreb. What was that journey like? There's no indication at all that God spoke to him during that journey. None. I'm not saying he didn't, but there's no indication that he did. And I really, my sense, this is my opinion, because we're not told, but my sense is Elijah was so focused on the difficulty that he wanted to die because of it. And this was God's way of stripping Elijah down to get his eyes back on him again. And I, when I look back at my life and the difficulties I've walked through, um, 
I wouldn't be as in love with Jesus as I am today had it not been for him allowing me to walk through a season of desolation to strip me down of everything I was pursuing that wasn't of him. Even while I was a believer, I, I, I wouldn't be. He had to strip me down to strip me of the things I was chasing after. He still has to do that from time to time, right? I'm, 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 I haven't arrived yet. There are still occasions where he has to strip those things away. And we have to be really careful how we respond in those seasons. That's why I'm bringing this up. I think it's really critical because there's a danger there that we'll look up to him and, and we'll be in a place where we're so in love with the blessings that we shake our fist at him when he takes him away. That's a very dangerous yeah. place to and be. That, and if we're going back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? This was kind of like what I tried to hit on earlier was they were so much in their faith for God and how I said that there's temporary lapses of mine at times that they were willing to give up their life if they didn't walk out of that furnace. That was the even if. Even if they didn't walk out of there alive, he was still good. He was still their God. They weren't going to bow down. There's been plenty of times. It's like, (sighs) I really need money so lights don't get shut off or $25 to fill up gas tank so I can get back and forth to work in a week. Now, did Ronnie say, even if I have to walk to work, God's still good? Or in that moment, did I buckle and lapse? That's the hard struggle. And that's part of the story that doesn't sometimes doesn't get emphasized a lot also is that faith part of how strong that faith is to say life or death right schmike you walk out the door to go home and somebody's got a gun up to your temple mm-hmm. are you a christian yep. you know what i mean like that's i mean that's kind of a crazy scenario here in america right well it's the i think it's the extreme but you need to be able to go one extreme to the other you have you know to. what i mean it, from the smallest of things to the biggest of things or that we perceive as the biggest of things because i've i've shared as well that that's been one of my struggles of god used me and saying those hard prayers god use me however you'll use me and in the background of my mind well kind of don't want you to send me to someplace I might die for my faith. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's the same thing. Like their journey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego I'm talking about, right? Their journey to get to that point, Elijah's 40 days to get to the point where he needed to be. What's our point? Right? Like I know what my point was. Carl, you knew what your point was. Bob knows what his point was. Everybody knows here at the table what their point was. But it's okay to have that temporary lapse, I think. Because I think it's a misconception out there 
that if you have that temporary lapse, then that's it. Books shut. Right. It's like the thing thing of once you accept Christ into your heart, you're not supposed to sin anymore. And if you do, you got to start all back over. Yeah. I mean, it's just not how it is. So tier process, right? Yeah. Like, let me get here and I go up to tier two. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to elaborate on that. When you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, he knows you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. That's why he tells us to, that's why he tells us to do a, keep our accounts short. And if we know at the end of the day, he says, repent of your sins daily. <clears throat> he knows we're going to sin. And once you repent of them sins, he knows there's going to be more sin the next day. The thing is, is once you repent of that sin and you understand that that was sin, try not to do that again. That's why he says, keep your account short, repent daily. There ain't no tears. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no stepping stones. Right. All but it's also is, not a free All there right. is is, right, all there is is trust in Jesus, laying everything at his feet. And when you get up, get up clean. Don't drag nothing with you. Vintage Mike. Yes, Ronnie. You got something? No, I was just thinking back over my life as you guys were talking. And I've been there. Well, if I if he really loved me, why 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 is he allowing me to go through this? I think a lot of people out there have been there. A lot of people still there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and I would be lying if I said I'm still not there. So, uh, sometimes I'm there. Yeah. You know, because when things are good, they're real good. When they're bad, they're pretty bad. At least for me in my life. I mean, I can be riding super high for a while and all of a sudden, bam, someone throws a brick or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You go, I've been doing that wrong the whole time. I didn't handle that properly. I've luckily, uh, here lately, uh, I've been corresponding with a gentleman in Pakistan. He talked about not being one to be sent somewhere for your faith. This gentleman holds Sunday school, goes to church. He's a Christian in a Muslim country that where they kill Christians. And he reached out to me because he listens to the podcast. And, uh, he seems like a pretty good guy. But, you know, we can walk out in the street and yell, I love Jesus, and there won't be a hundred guns in our face. You go over there and start professing that you're a Jesus follower. You could be hanging from a, the highest tree or shot up against the wall. That's the kind of faith I want. Right there. No matter what's coming at me. Yeah. Which ties right back into the story of the furnace. Yeah. They knew that God might he might not save them, mm-hmm. but they were okay with the outcome either way. You want to, and this is, and I'm sure I've said it at nauseum, Mike, before, but this is how crazy little Ronnie was. Was when this, isn't that you now? Yeah, I'm just oh. not so little anymore. <laughs> oh. Um, I would pray that prayer that put me in the fire prayer and with that innocent faith of a kid right like I can conquer the world with him and then the world jaded 
And then now, being older and jaded, I see how dangerous that prayer actually is. I find it interesting how when we ask for things, we don't most times see when there's little glimpses of that test and how we react to it will be somewhat how God uses us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, use me anyway, you'll use me. But you get frustrated when you get called at two in the morning to come help a brother again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and that's me again, you know, it's, we say, use me how you, how, however you want to use me. But in our mind, we have an idea exactly how we want him to answer right. that prayer. Between right? nine and five. Yeah. When yeah. actually we mean, use me how I want to be used. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yep. Can we do every other Saturday? Can we, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I mean, honestly, it's. it's can we work out a, a schedule, a shift? Yeah. Where like you call me, but then you can call somebody else too. Right. Yeah. You're like I'm an hourly man. Mm-hmm. Not a salary man. Yeah. But we don't see that. You're right. Yeah. Right. That's like looking at the beautiful sunset off in the distance, but this whole row of sunflowers just blossomed and not seeing those. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, those are sunflowers. Okay. I'm looking at the sunset. Yep. I used to, you know, in the poem or whatever you want to call it, a footprints, I was always the guy that. Hey, I don't understand why at the most difficult times in my life, you just left me. And that's how I lived a lot of my life. Now I try to, since I know, I try and always know that he's probably carrying me a heck of a lot more than I ever walked mm-hmm. yeah. beside him, right. you know, yeah. even still. That's why I mentioned desolation. Um, it, it, he will let us feel like he's left us. Even when he hasn't, and I think the reason he does that is because that's when we come to a decision point on what are we going to scratch and claw to get back again? Mm-hmm. What are we going to chase? Are we are we going to are we going to do everything that we can possibly do to get back into his presence, or are we going to shake our fist and chase after the things that that gave us some momentary pleasure? Mm-hmm. I really think that's why he does that. Even though he's not left us, I think he makes us feel like we have, or he has, to get us to chase him like we should have been doing all along. Well, it's, it's because he does not force himself on you. Right. He, he, he'll stand to the side and allow you to make all the choices you want to make. Make them bad decisions until you get to the point where you're like, okay. I need you, God. You know, and I think the reason for that is he wants genuine love in return. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, 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 Sometimes if he, the way he asks is pretty, pretty brutal. Sometimes. He will be forceful. Just ask the wicked and what happens to them later. But wow. I think what Bob's talking about is he, he wants genuine love back. Mm-hmm. And forced love's not love. Well, he, he, oh, man. He, uh, he tested mine. Almost a year ago, it's coming up, and I was done. I was done. I was out. I was shaking my fist at him, like you say. When when Hunter 
When the hunter was taken, I was done. He, it threw me over the line. And I was ready to walk. I didn't care. My heart was black. And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I know it was wrong, but it was in the heat of the moment. And, uh, you know, because I've said it before, growing up, I probably wouldn't be who I was if he hadn't walked with me, even though I didn't know he was there. He had to have been there or I wouldn't be at this table. But the same token, when he took my loved one, I was done. And if it wasn't for the guys here and my God, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Because I'd have probably done something stupid. I'm going to say something. And this is probably going to be hard to hear. You love Hunter. So does he. But he wants you to love him more. And sometimes it takes a horribly difficult season like that to get us to that place where we truly genuinely love him more than anything and anyone else. I know that's not often what we want to hear, but it is the truth. He's got Hunter, um, but he wants to be first in your heart. And I also want to say that he understands our passion and he understands our hurt and he understands our pain. And he's not standing over you waiting for you to react to a terrible situation with a hammer in hand to punish you for it. I guarantee you, he does not hold that to your account. It felt guarantee like you. What I'm saying is the way you responded back in the heat of that moment, he's not going to hold that over your head. I don't know, just uh, and his anniversary is coming up, and I don't know how I'm going to feel that day. I don't know how Karen's going to feel that day. Talked about it a little bit, and she just wants to isolate. She doesn't want to do nothing. What's it? I can't see the future, but I'm going to say that day's not going to feel that great. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to isolate for that day. You guys have already been through so much with it, and you've already gone through some firsts without him. This will be the first birthday. Yep. His birthday is July twenty third. So we got two. We got two big days coming. That's going to stink here. July twenty third. And then uh, two months after that to the day, September 23rd, the day he went home. I'm just going to say this. If you do isolate, don't isolate so deep that God's not there. You need to allow him to be there so he can love you and comfort you. Even though, even though, we know you shook your fist at him at first. Oh, I I was, I was very angry. He still loves you. Been there, done that. 
I've isolated myself. I, when I was a kid, I isolated myself so deep and pushed to myself so much that it just, uh, I, I wouldn't let any, I wouldn't let anybody in, nobody. And it's not a good place to be. Come and tell you what, it makes your heart dark. It makes it ugly. Gives it you a makes lot of it pain evil. too. No, very painful for me that day. Well, that day, I'm talking. Oh yeah. When I was when I was isolating myself. Oh yes. When I was a kid, that's that's why my heart was so dark, so ugly, and just full of hate. It was full of hate. I ain't gonna lie. I hated everything about everything. I just and there wasn't and, and at that time there's there's nothing I could do about it. You notice I said I could do about it. Until I until I hit that growth spurt. Oh man. Then there was a lot I had done about it. And that was just bad. Cause there again, it got more dark, it got more ugly, it got more evil, it got more hurtful. I wanted to hurt I wanted to hurt the people that hurt me. I wanted to hurt anyone that I stepped across paths with. That's the guy I used to be. The guy that uh, he didn't get his way, he got his way. If he didn't get what he wanted, he found a way to get it. So you can't you can't isolate yourself enough that you should isolate God out. I'm just that's what I'm saying. Pull the needle off the record. Go with final thoughts. I just said mine. I'm out. I'll allow that. SpongeBob. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, I'll accept that. Mike Parker right out, didn't he? All right. He was half asleep, and then I was was not half asleep. I think he even puffed out his chest on that one. Every time time I'm, I'm. in prayer, Ronnie thinks I'm sleeping in church, which is not true. Well, when you're snoring. Ron? There was no snoring, Mike. Just, there was no snoring. Was he sleeping in church that day? I thought he was. No, I was not. <laughs> but you can go either way because his head was down. You can't tell. And when you touch somebody, they're going to wake up anyway, whether they were sleeping or praying. <laughs> you know, there for a minute, I thought he wasn't throwing me under the bus. And then he brought that other uh, half. And I was like, no, nope, I'm going under. Yep. <laughs> Here I go. It's even, it's even worse when you see it coming, huh? Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> Final thoughts, Vintage. I think that uh, it's learning to accept whatever the plan the Father has for you. And like you always say, Ronnie, praise him in the hallway, praise him in the hall, praise him wherever you can. It's that attitude and belief that whatever's happening is by his design that I hold solace in and, and, and hope in that, yes, this sucks and I don't like it. But it's happening for some reason. Yeah. Do we always talk about there are no coincidences? Uh, yesterday, I, I missed SpongeBob's sermon because I had already promised to be at another church with a little girl that uh, well, basically grew up at my house. She's a married woman now and has a child of her own. They invited us to church. It's really, really funny. I didn't put two and two together until we started reading the scripture. Yesterday's service, a portion of it was about the fiery furnace. 
That's why I kind of why I got quiet. I was sitting there going, wow. Wow. My limited capacity to understand. Wow. <laughs> you know? So I guess my final thought is, yeah, things are going to suck. But as Ron pointed out, he shook his fist at God. We've all done it. If you haven't, you will, I'm sure. But he had people around him. Again, I come back to the community. I talk about community all the time. It is so important. Just just to keep you keep you going. Mm-hmm. Community are the guardrails of your life. People who do, do the life journey with you, who know you, know what you need. And if they have Jesus in their heart at the center and they're following, following him, that's the best thing that could happen to you. So that's my final thought. Ron, you got one? No. No? Schmeich? Just remember that he knows what's best for you. He's a good, good father. And sometimes it's, you have to remember that I think at every point point in time, somebody loved us enough to stand behind us and push that bicycle out. Maybe it wasn't your earthly father, but held on to that when you were taking the training wheels off to learn how to ride a bike. And God will do the same thing. He'll let you fall. Might even let you crash into something because you need to learn to trust and rely on him. You still don't got nothing? I'm good. All right. Really? I'm really. You sure? Positive. Because it seems like you got something. Huh? It seems like you got something. No, I'm good. I I am. I'm, I'm just in thought. I'm always in thought, though, anymore. I thought I just smelled smoke. True story. <laughs> I'm going to go, and then Carl, you go and pray us out. Mine, it's funny that you brought it up. Not funny, haha, but ironic, I guess, because I was going to bring up the praise in the hallway. Right? But it's not just praise in the room, praise in the hallway. Sometimes you stub your toe going out to the hallway. That's not the glorious part that you want to talk about. Sometimes people need to hear that part. Just like Carl to Elijah in the 40 days, right? But that's, that's the middle part that gets left behind all the time. Because mm-hmm. that's part of the journey. That's your journey. Not anyone else's, but yours. Just remember, if it doesn't happen the way you want it to, he's still good. That's all I got. Um, And we talk a lot about dangerous prayers, but honestly, I think the most dangerous thing is comfort. And the reason I think that's the most dangerous thing is because it tempts us to surround us with things and people that we put ahead of him. He's demanding first place in our life and in our heart. And he will put us through a a very difficult season of stripping away 
if we are putting things ahead of him within our heart. He will. Where there's a purpose. I'm just going to let Isaiah um, speak for me, I think. Um, Isaiah chapter 8, starting in verse 20, he says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, meaning the law of God and, and the, the prophet, okay? So according to the, the word of the Father, if it if they does not speak according to his word, it's because they have no light in them. They will pass through the land hard-pressed and famished, And it will turn out that when they are hungry, when they've been stripped, they will be enraged and curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be driven away into darkness. But then he follows it up with this. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. And then it goes on to give one of the most powerful prophecies about Jesus that you find in Scripture. The whole purpose of our walk here on this earth is to lead us to Him. We were created to be in relationship primarily with Him. That is the whole purpose of our existence. You see so much people talk about, why why, why am I here? Why do I exist? Why, why am I who I am? The answer is very simple. You were created to be in relationship with your creator, period. And he is a jealous God. Jealous in a good way, he will not share you. He wants you to have relationships with other people, but you're not allowed to put those other people ahead of him. That's just the cold hard truth of it. Um, Like you said, Mike, sometimes these seasons suck, but there is a purpose. And there's a reward on the other side of it. And we've just got to allow him to have his way in our life. We have to. And that's all I got. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for making us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your son, Yeshua, who died for us brings us to our relationship through himself with you and we just we give you all the credit and all the glory and all the praise we are so sorry for all the ways in which we have put you second in our life for giving you lip service and saying that we love you above all else and then treating you like like just a blessing giver forgive us for not treating you like the father that you are And just strengthen us to walk this journey, to walk our 40 days in the wilderness, to to get to that place where we can hear your voice, where we can receive your mercy, your goodness. We can come in perfect fellowship with you. We had such perfect, pure relationship with you in the garden, and that is the goal to get back to that place. And I know it's a difficult journey to get there. And I pray that you would just grant those listening, if they're in that process, if they're in that journey, that you would grant them strength and understanding that you are who you say you are, that you're a good, good father, that you love us, and there is purpose in our pain. We give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
you have any questions, comments, or just want to reach out to us, find us at, on our Facebook group, or you can email us and talk to us long form at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Singing glory, hallelujah.